0: Helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and award-winning psychotherapist. Challenges.
1: We all face them in our day-to-day lives. And sometimes the challenges we face are in our homes with our own family members. And we may struggle in how to go about dealing with those challenges we face. If this sounds like you, I encourage you to stay tuned because we are starting part five of our Foundations for a Godly Family series and we'll be discussing confronting challenges. My name is Melissa Waggett and I am the co-host of the Life Transformation Radio Show. I am so excited that you've decided to join us this morning. Let me extend a warm welcome to you all. If you're joining us for the very first time, I encourage you to go to our website to learn more about this show and the services our counseling ministry offers. Our website is www.elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com, or you can call us toll-free at 1-877-544-3546. Again, 1-877-544- 3546, and we'd be happy to answer any questions that you may have. So, I am not by myself this morning. Lucky for me, in studio with me is Michael Hart. He is the director of Elam Counseling Services, and he joins us each and every week to share his expertise as a certified psychotherapist as we explore interesting topics and interesting topics with a biblical lens um, and looking through these relationship and mental health issues with a Christian focus, and today is no exception. So, Michael, I am so excited to have you in studio again with me. Thank you, thank you, thank you for making the show what it is and putting up with me for, I think, three plus years now. So, I appreciate getting to spend time with you.
0: (laughs) There's nothing to put up with, Melissa. (laughs) It's a pleasure for me to be here with you and to hear your very interesting and probing questions that help us to dig deep into these issues. So, I'm very excited. To hear the questions that you're going to be asking today as we explore the relationship between Sarah, Abraham, and Hagar from this, the biblical passage in Genesis chapter 16. I think this is a very short but profound story with a lot of lessons that we can learn about how to deal in conflict. Or maybe if we look at it, we see how to not deal in conflict because we see a lot of things here that are done wrong. So we're going to be looking at how the the, the couple of Sarah and Abraham attempted to problem solve in their family system and and what were some of the things that they they did right or 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 didn 't do right and to learn from their their approach to dealing with challenges because every family has challenges. I know that there's some couple that appears to to be perfect when you see them on Sunday morning in church, but I I hate to break the news to some of you who have that adorable couple that you look up to and think that they have it made and they're perfect and you just want to be like them. That's not the truth. We all face challenges in our relationship and how you deal with them Decide the happiness of your relationship and the outcome that will happen down the road.
1: I'm so excited to ask you those probing questions, Michael, and to dig deep into this topic because, as you say, we all deal with this, so there's a lot I know we all can apply to our lives. But before we get into the meat, we... I um, want to give a little bit of an update and a praise report of an event we had a couple weeks back now. It was our healing retreat that we've been speaking to our listeners a lot about. And you have some wonderful praise reports to report back for us.
0: Yes, the, the, the things that we saw at this retreat was just mind blowing from uh, people having dreams and visions as to what would happen the next day to people who come to the retreat having depression and anxiety high depression and high anxiety that they're cured by the, the third day like what we we did uh uh, questionnaire for each person that came to the retreat this time and some of the guests registered with severe depressions that they have had for years and the people who hadn't slept for, for, for days because they are so depressed and so anxious were sleeping by the Saturday night and the depression uh, for some people went from being severely depressed, the measurement of depression from being severely depressed on the the first night to be in uh, no depression or minimal depression by the last day. So we just want to thank you all for your prayers because, as I tell people, it's nothing special in us. It's the prayer that goes behind this ministry. And uh we literally prayed and fasted. We set aside a, a fasting day. All of my team, I have a team of 20 people from across different churches across Ottawa that minister with me at these retreats. And we were prayed up and we fasted and I think God showed up and did great things. We see couples who were under the brink of breakup, having breakthrough and confessions being made, things that were hidden being revealed so that there can be forgiveness and people could move on in their relationships. I just want to thank you all for your support of this ministry through your prayers and uh, just continue to pray for us.
1: That's so exciting to hear. I always love the, the wonderful reports of healing that come through this retreat, because it happens each and every time, and God really does show up and bless uh, those that attend and those that serve. And we will be having more of these retreats, so continue to listen to the show, look on our website, because um, we will be offering more. So if you weren't able to make it to this retreat, uh, we will be having them coming up in future, so we hope to see you there. So Michael, today we are talking about conflict, and as you say, we all get to experience this and how we go about confronting the challenges that happen in our families. Because that, as you say, happens to us all, unfortunately. Yes, yes. And you've pulled out a, a familiar Bible passage. And so for those of you who have your Bibles close at hand, we're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 16. But for those of us like me who don't have Genesis chapter 16 memorized, what story do we find there? Um, and how is it going to be providing the backdrop tra- for our conversation today?
0: So we're... M- we're, we're primarily focusing on the first 16 verses of Genesis 16. And in a nutshell, the story is about uh, Abraham and his wife, Sarah, who were having the challenge of not ha- being able to, to have a child. And so, when there is a challenge in a relationship, people try to see how they can problem solve to overcome that challenge. So, in this story, the attempt at problem-solving was to have a child through their servant girl, Hagar. And this attempt at conceiving through Hagar led to discord and disunity within the family system because Hagar, once she became the second wife in the story, uh, made Sarah f- Feel as if she was being she was being despised or ridiculed. So this feeling of being ridiculed, Sarah, by, of Sarah, who was barren, by the now pregnant Hagar, created such a ugly situation that Hagar, pregnant and without a plan and without a provision, took off to flee from her. her her mistress Sarah into the desert And so you can you can just imagine how bad it must have been for you to be fleeing into the desert with wild animals and the heat of the desert and all of the challenges that go with that. One woman with with no supply and no idea where she's going. So it's at this point in the story that she's in the desert when the angel appeared to her and told her that she was to go back and submit herself to her to her mistress, uh, Sarah, and uh, and promised her that she was going to have a, a uh, that she was, a, a nation was going to come from her womb. In other words, you're not just going to have this one child, but a nation is going to come from you. But the Angel also predicted that this unborn child that she was going to have was going to have some challenges. And I'll just read that part of the narrative because I think it's important to what we're going to, to discuss later. And the, 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 the angel said to her, you shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard your misery. your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility towards all his brothers. So, It's very important for us to keep that in mind. And after hearing that, uh, Hagar went on to explain. And she says in verse 13, she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. That is why the well was called Birla Laharuhoy. It is still there between Kadesh and Bered. So when you think of this story of this woman, this, this slave girl, Hagar, who is now saying, I have seen the one who sees me, it speaks of a profound spiritual relationship that she's having in the midst of her of her adversity, in the midst of her challenges, and she's using the name Jehovah Rahai, Rahai, meaning the God who sees. And it's a good thing for us to keep in mind as we go through challenges that when you're at your lowest, when things seem the worst, when you have no answers, God sees and God hears and you're not forgotten. So it's very important for us to keep that in mind as we as we go through the rest of this story and as we are, we, are, we, are, we discuss challenges.
1: So one of the things you picked out in this story is some differences that we see between um, Hagar and Sarah and how that can lead to some of the tensions we see in this relationship moving forward. So what are the differences we see between these two individuals? And what is the significant difference significance, pardon me, of the number of differences we see.
0: Right. We see seven differences between Sarah and Hagar in this story. If you read the narrative, not just the 16 verses, but the surrounding verses, you will see that you can identify seven differences. And it's as if the author of Genesis is is telling us that these ladies were completely different and opposed to each other. So one was an Israelite or the mother of the Jewish nation. The other is an Egyptian. One is free. The other is a slave. The one is married, the other is unmarried. One is wealthy, the other is poor. One is barren, the other is fertile. One is owner, the other is property. One is old, the other is young. So we have these differences that are given to us in the passage, and they're given to us for a reason, because when there are differences in in between personalities in a conflict, the way you go about conflict changes because when there's so much difference, first of all, differences tend to, po- to to polarize us. That is why you have things like racism. That is why uh, people are able to take up arms and go and kill people in other part of the world because they don't see them in the same way that they would see their next door neighbor. It's very hard for them to kill their next door neighbor, but they can kill someone on the opposite side of the world uh, uh, because they, 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 there is this difference, so difference uh, informs how we deal with conflict, and so I think in this story, the, the hostility that Sarah is showing towards Hagar has largely to do with the fact that these women are totally different. They, the only thing that they had in common was that they were both women, but they were apart from that, they were they were. Totally different in every way. And so when there is differences, there tends to be, number one, conflict. But how we deal with conflict tends to be also impacted.
1: If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Radio Show. Today we're talking about confronting challenges. This is the fifth part of our Series Foundations of Godly Families. If you've missed the first half of today's show, we encourage you to go to our website at Elam Counseling Elam is spelled E L I M Counseling with Two L's Ministry.com, or you can call us toll free at 1 877 544. Three five four six, and we'd be happy to connect you with a copy of today's show. So, Michael, you were saying there were some significant differences to the point Hagar and Sarah were completely different from each other. How do we go about overcoming those differences when we're facing conflict or having a challenge in our relationship? Because presumably we don't have the exact same people robot copy clones of each other in our families or in our relationships. If you do, you're not living in my world. (laughs) For the most part, there's going to be differences that arise. So how can we go about bridging those gaps? I
0: think a lot of the Hostility and problems, if we, if we look at it from a global perspective, could be avoided if we see our, ourselves as part of one big family. We're all part of the human race. We're all human beings. We all have, the, have emotions and feelings that are similar. But sometimes these differences can subconsciously make us feel that the other person doesn't hurt the same way that we do. And so when Sarah is mistreating Hagar, there might be something in her psyche, something in her mentality that uh, dehumanizes Hagar uh, in Sarah's mind so that she can be so harsh with her. And as I said at the beginning of the show, this treatment must have been severe for one woman to one pregnant woman to flee into the desert with her unborn child because of how she's treated. And so if we can start seeing that the other people, they have feelings like us putting ourselves in the position of the other and to say, would I like that for myself? And Jesus touches on that in the New Testament when he said, do unto others as you would like them to do unto you. So in other words, when you're in conflict with the other person, don't see them as being totally different than you. See them as yourself is what Jesus is saying. See them as someone with feelings and emotions that you have and ask yourself the question would I like that for myself? And narcissism is actually the opposite of that. Narcissism, an extreme form of self-centeredness, say, it's all about me. It's all about my needs. And I think we see some very selfish uh, attitude in Sarah, the way she's treating this slave girl who didn't ask to get pregnant, didn't ask to be drawn into this, this conflict, but it was imposed on her. And then she's mistreated on top of it. I think this is also a sober uh, warning to all of us, uh, realization to all of us that godly people can sometimes do some very dreadful things, and I know we idealize Sarah and Abraham, and we give our children their names, but it's also important to see that they are human beings, and if you lose sight of the fact that the person who is on the, the, the opposite side of your argument is like you, then you can do dreadful things without realizing that this is not what you would want to be done to you.
1: That that's so so profound, and I think such a good life lesson, especially in today's time where we other people so easily, and it becomes us and them, and we we lose sight of the humanity in that person across from us. Mm-hmm. So what a good mm-hmm. message there. Mm-hmm. The other thing, um, when you bring up the word challenge, I think for some people they think challenges is sort of a problem that needs to be overcome. And so do we see any problem solving in this story that can kind of give us some insights to how Abraham and Sarah and Hagar faced the challenges before them?
0: Well, I, I think one of the the, the first uh, attempt at, at, at Problem solving we see was how Sarah approached solving this problem. And it's the, it's what I call short-sighted problem solving. So short-sighted problem solving is when you go about a situation and, and we see three different approaches to problem solving. Maybe I should start by saying that and we look at the first. So if you're if you're taking notes, I know some of my listeners do, there are three things that we are going to be looking at. And the first is the short-sighted attempt at problem solving. And this is where you make an emotional decision based on the the emotions that you're having about the, the, the challenge that you're facing. It's not a well thought out situation. It's a reaction to a problem. So when Sarah decided that I'm getting old and I need to have a child and Hagar is here, why don't you and said to Abram, why don't you take her uh as your wife and have a child through her? Sarah is not really thinking about a number of things, like how is this going to affect my feelings when Abraham becomes attached to her, and I see the closeness between her and Abraham, am I going to be able to deal with that? How am I going to deal with the the increased self-esteem that Hagar is now going to have, not being a slave, not being merely a slave anymore, but being a second wife? Can I deal with that? And I think this speaks to situations today, decisions that people make without giving it careful thought. An, ex- an example of that could have could have been someone who are have you're having problem in your relationship maybe it's sexlessness in a relationship and instead of getting professional help the attempt at problem solving is I'm going to have an affair because I'm not getting it I'm not getting it from my marriage so therefore I'm going to get it elsewhere and so this short-sightedness leads to to the problem being multiplied and magnified and the situation becoming worse so we see this within the story Story where the short-sighted approach led to increase problem.
1: And so what other attempts to problem solve and approaches to problem solving do we see in this story?
0: The second one that we see in the first one is in verse 2 of chapter 16 of Genesis. The second one is in verse 6. Of of chapter 16 where it's avoidance and so when Sarah came to Abraham and she's angry with Abraham because she's saying look there is a situation here I'm being ridiculed and you're doing nothing about it and she's using very strong terms as she's speaking to Abram, and I'll just read read the, the passage here in verse five, then Sarah said to Abraham, "You are responsible for the wrong I am suffering I put my slave in your arms, and now that she knows she's pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me, so she's angry at Abraham, and what did Abraham do Abraham placed the responsibility on Sarah. He said, your slave is in your hands, Abraham said in verse 6. Do with her what Ever you think best. So we have this problem-solving uh, approach of avoidance, avoiding the problem instead of dealing with passing, passing the buck to someone else. So in today's uh, uh, home environment, it could be a mother and a father who's having a problem with a teenager, and instead of the the, the, the the dad dealing with the teenager, it says, it's you should deal with this. You deal with the issue because you created it or you're responsible. I don't want anything to to do with it. So, what is very strange in this story that the last show that we did, not the last show, but I think two shows ago, when we looked at conflict and and how oh, Abraham, when there was conflict between Abraham and Lot's herdsmen, that he was an example of how to deal with conflict. He called his nephew. Lot, and he had the discussion, and there were hundreds of herdsmen probably on both sides. So Abraham, in the business sphere of life, is a very good problem solver. But when it comes to two women within his household, (laughs) he's running away from conflict, and he's not dealing with it.
1: And I'm so glad you brought that up because as you're describing the story, I, I was thinking back to those shows, too. And I think it's a great example that there may be spheres of your life. You are excellent at problem solving. But for whatever reason, there may be this area, whether it's your family or elsewhere, where it just doesn't seem to go in the same way. And why is that? So why can Abraham deal with these herds, deal with his his nephew in his face, basically saying, um, I want all your stuff. And it's like it could have gone to blows. Why could he deal with that so effectively? But something with people who are probably even closer to him... Why was that so much more of a challenge for Abraham? So, in a
0: nutshell, two women are are scarier than five hundred herdsmen. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: We're tough, man. We're tough. I'm. We won't fully unpack that there, but but I'm. But well, I think I it's think, a good th- thing to explore, though. Because yeah,
0: I think what's happening here is that when you're emotionally involved mm. and you're too close to a situation, my feeling mm. is that Abraham is caught between Sarah. and and Hagar. And he's probably having feelings for Hagar and, and he's he's loyal to Sarah. And for him to intervene in that situation and do what Sarah is asking him to do, it's going to seem as if, as if he's taking sides. And so instead of standing up and, say, and being feared to, 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 and say maybe Sarah, you're doing things that you shouldn't be doing, even if he's going to incur her wrath, and the way you're treating Hagar is not right, and maybe say to Hagar, on the other hand, you need to have some respect to Sarah. Instead of taking that stand, he's trying to play it safe. He doesn't want to be seen as a bad guy, and unfortunately sometimes parents do that in trying not to to appear to be the bad parents, and it just leads to the situation magnifying as it did in this story. So I think we we have a situation here where we 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 see that this approach of problem solving led to the situation blowing up and becoming worse. And and so the the third thing that we see in in this story, the third attempt to problem solving, is is what a psychological mechanism that that is called displacement, also in verse 6. Because, remember I said earlier that Sarah is angry at Abraham, but who does she take out her wrath on after Abraham decided not to do anything? She took it out on Hagar. And the Bible says that she mistreated her so badly to the point where she had to leave.
1: And, and ultimately, Sarah's not solving the problem. Her her problems with Abraham, but she's taking it out on someone else. Her anger is a symptom yes. of something untreated. And how often do we do that?
0: Yes. Where yes. You,
1: you lash out at your partner when you were really mad at your boss for your day at work.
0: Absolutely. And that's a very good example, Melissa, because what it shows is that Uh, this this defense of displacement usually happens when you feel powerless to deal with a situation. So the boss at work is too powerful for me to get angry at. But the target, my wife at home, it's easier. So I come through the door and I am grumpy and I am angry at my wife and, you know, angry at the kids. And then the kids, they feel powerless to do anything. So they start taking out their anger on the cat and on the dog because they have more power over, over the cat and the dog. And so it's it's that kind of a, of a displacement of anger where the real target of anger is not being discussed. And we have some other gems, Melissa, in this show that we want to talk about, such as the significance of the angel visit and why the angel told her to go back and the, the birth of Ishmael and why Ishmael, this unborn child, appears to be cursed by this angel. Because there's a lot here going on in this story that is psychological in nature, and not necessarily how we read it the first time. And I want to look at those issues in depth. So I'm not going to rush through it today in this show, because I see that we only have about a minute or a minute and a half left. So we're going to do this show in two parts. We're going to come back to that next week and do that do that in two parts.
1: I'm so excited to join you again next week.
0: Yes, and I want to thank you all of my listeners for for listening to this show. Thank you for those of you who have written in and have uh, expressed your appreciation for this series. Thank you for those of you who have uh, said that you have never heard the, this, these stories explained that way but you can see the biblical basis for it. We really do appreciate that. And so, stay tuned next week because we are going to be looking at some very important passages Uh, scriptures or verses from Genesis chapter 16 and again we we want to remind you that we are a non-profit organization and so if you haven't yet contributed to this ministry and you have benefited from these radio shows or from our services please consider making a donation to this ministry so until next time this is your host Michael Hart of ELIM Counseling Services and
1: Melissa Waggett
0: praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.